0: everyone. I'm Julie Gunlock. This is a special pop-up edition of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. Today, I'm joined by Nicole Stolas. She's a senior fellow at the Independent Women's Forum Education Freedom Center. Nicole is a stay-at-home mom of two children from Rhode Island, and the teachers' union sued her for submitting public records requests about critical race theory after her school district told her to submit the request and then publicly threatened to sue her for submitting too many. You've probably seen Nicole talk about this issue. She is one of the bravest moms I know. And I'm so thrilled that you're coming on today. We have kind of an odd um, story to talk about. Um, Let me give a quick preview of what we're going to be talking about. Last week, a male player on a girls field hockey team. And for those who don't know, I might be one of those people. um, Field hockey is a girls sport. It's exclusively a girl sport and lacrosse is sort of the male version of that so there was a male player on a girls field hockey team in massachusetts in a massachusetts high school she not this male player knocked the teeth out of a female player from the opposite team during a state tournament the female player then was hospitalized overnight due to her severe injuries, and the boys' team knocked the victim's team out of the tournament. The male player scored both goals in this game, one goal being right after he injured the female player. So again, here to talk about this is Nicole Solis. Nicole, this is near your community. You know some of the people involved in this, don't you?
1: Yeah, I live about 45 minutes away, and actually I'm um, a school committee member for the Dighton Rehoboth team, the girl that had her teeth knocked out, She is an IWN chapter member of mine. So she actually called me right away and said, oh my God, this thing happened. It was like midnight and we knew we had to get the story out really fast. Luckily, we got it out and and the media picked it up. But this is just another example of women or girls being hurt by boys on their teams and they shouldn't be there. People argue that the boys have an equal right to be there, but their so-called equal right is harming girls and taking away their education opportunities. Think of the girl that got her teeth knocked out. Now she can't play lacrosse for God knows how long. Think of the long-term injuries she might have, the school that she's going to miss because she's recovering. It's really a terrible situation. Now and- now we can look at this situ-
0: <laughs> we can look at this situation and say god this is awful. What in the world is going on? But in fact, tell me about the law in Massachusetts. Isn't this school protected, meaning the school can make these absurd decisions, like putting putting a male on a field, on a women's field hockey team, aren't they allowed to do this essentially?
1: Yeah. So the school to some extent has their hands tied. What's actually going on is that um, the school belongs to the Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association, and they control all of the schools that have uh, field hockey games and other games, but we're just focusing on field hockey. The Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association, which I'm going to call the MIAA, that's what everyone calls it. In 1979, they were sued by the attorney general of Massachusetts because schools didn't want to put boys on girls' field hockey teams. Massachusetts has a a law that was an amendment called the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, Equal Rights Act in in an amendment. And that was added in, I think, 1976. And so the attorney general said, well, if you don't let boys on girls teams, when there isn't a boy counterpart team, you're violating the Equal Rights Amendment. So in 1979, there was the attorney general versus the MIAA. So at this point, MIAA is the good guy. They had a rule that boys couldn't be on girls teams, specifically girls' teams for girls' sports. And there were only a couple sports that were just for girls. They lost the case. And ever since then, schools have been forced legally to put boys on girls' teams. The first boy that went on a girls' field hockey team um, was in 1992. And he got there with the help of the ACLU because schools still didn't want to do it. And now we have a whole history of Teams with boys winning by a very wide margin over and over again, even when they only have one or two boys on the teams. So, this is both a safety issue and a fairness issue. It's so common sense, but you know, as usual, everyone's scared of being called sexist or a bigot by saying that, hey, you know, women's bodies are different and they're really in danger when there's even just one boy on the team.
0: What do we know about this male player? Is he new to this team? Is this the first this school has dealt with this? Has have there been any other injuries reported because
1: of his presence there or is this the first time? And you may I, not know. Yeah, I've been researching it. I I can't find if he's inflicted any other injuries and it's, you know, even if he did, I I don't know if these injuries would be reported in the news. Yeah. But he, I know, is a, he's a senior, so he's, you know, as big as That's you true. can get in high school, right? And I think he's the captain of the Swamp Scott, Massachusetts team. Um, I saw some of his TikTok he, before he made it private. Um, and of course, you know, we don't want to, you know, be, be attacking kids that are, are boys, but um, I don't think that he's transgender. I didn't see any trans propaganda on his socials before he shut them down. I think he's just a male on a girls team. So wow. people will say, you know, well, well, if they don't have a girl, a boys field hockey team, why can't he go on it? Well, my answer to that is, well, I think we need to have a boys league created that that's yeah. really the only solution. That's going to it occur. is. Fa- it is
0: fascinating to me too, because in this case, field hockey and lacrosse are kind of considered the male and female version of the same sport. So it seems odd to me that, uh, that they're going by this rule or going by this the sort of letter of the law, if there isn't a counter male version, which it's just a different name.
1: So that seems odd to me. Is that yeah. something? Uh, yeah, that, that seems odd to me too. But you know, in, in re- so I read the case, the attorney general versus MIA case, and there was a line in it where I thought, oh, I think this is a clue as to what's really going on. I have it right here. And it says, some of the less athletic men, less athletic men have been denied active participation in competitive sports in part because of sex segregation no yeah so this is the mental space that we're in this is 1979 and what they're really saying is is that oh well then female sports are like the affirmative action arena for the boys that suck at sports so i mean maybe this kid just isn't that good at lacrosse and he picked up because i mean i think lacrosse is kind of harder than field time it is yeah so maybe that's really what's going on yes Um,
0: Yes. you
1: know and, Nicole,
0: and, and, and go ahead sorry no no sorry what has been the reaction in the community i mean i think for you people like you and me who've been following this issue and you know obviously we we care about women's sports and our organization obviously is as a a big hand in this you know this is horrifying and we kind of understand what's what's at play here cuz it's politics right it's okay to sacrifice women's safety and girls safety when it's to push the trans agenda or to push the lgbtq agenda and that is just That is just what is going on here. It does not matter about their safety if we are going to sacrifice a political agenda. But what is the reaction in the community What and, and among the
1: other kids? I, it's outrage. And especially in Deit and Rehoboth, I know people are acting fast. Everyone's talking. They're trying to organize to come up with a solution. Um, we saw that the team captain of the Deit and Rehoboth team posted a letter that she wrote to MIAA asking for a rule change and she you know quite brilliantly brilliantly laid out all of the reasons why men are more powerful bigger stronger faster than women and pose an undeniable danger to women in women's sports so I'm hoping that this incident will catalyze change and we can get the miaa to create a boys league by applying public pressure I think that would be the most effective route because I you know procedurally I don't know how you go about a overturning this 1979 case. I don't know if that's just like a long haul. And in the meantime, you're going to have women that are going to be getting hurt. hurt. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen other injuries in other sports with volleyball, certainly in swimming. We have
0: seen women lose trophies, lose scholarship, lose placement in cycling. Now in weightlifting, it is spreading. We are seeing this, take over so many sports and i think it's so important that these athletes we IWF had a big event with Riley Gaines down in Rehobith i think it was Rehobith um I, i'm sorry not Rehoboth. it was in um uh, it was it was in southern virginia it was with a swim team in southern virginia and um, at Roanoke it was an R word. I knew it. Um, and I think, but that was a very brave uh, team there that stood together and spoke out about this. And so I, I'm, I'm really impressed that this, you said it was the team captain. Yeah. Who wrote that letter. Her That's great.
1: Yeah, she and was-
0: and one I did read that letter, and one of the things that the that was she cited was the IWF report on sports, and I do encourage everybody to look at that because it has very valuable statistics about the advantages that male athletes have over female athletes, um, and why they shouldn't mix. This isn't this isn't playing Jeopardy; it's not mind games. This is th- th- these sports involve physical challenges and um, to deny that men have an advantage there is, is absolute folly. Nicole, what is the next step for this team? And is there anything planned or any, uh, any movements from the school itself?
1: Uh, well, I think everyone's still in shock. Um, you know, they have the weekend to rest. I reached out to Kelsey on Twitter and, you know, she certainly thanked us and IWF for, for, you know, providing that information and, and um, we're, we're trying to get in touch with parents, coaches, to see what the game plan is for the next steps. Um, I know that the school committee, or at least one school committee member that I'm talking to um, is trying to get this issue on the agenda to see what they can do and explore their options. Um, So everything's a little bit up in the air, but the good news is, is that people want to take action and people want to use this for positive change. And that was a quote from the team captain, Kelsey Bean.
0: Nicole, this will be the last question, but I you know, do you sense a change? I feel like a couple years ago, you know, when Riley Gaines first went through this, you know, they even took the trophy away from her for the for the photo op, right? And they dismissed the feelings of these girls. And for years we've seen this as you just set aside your concerns, little girl, and we're going to we're going to promote this trans individual in your sport, this male in your sport. I feel like this one's a little different. I feel like the the situation with the, the Virginia swim team is a little different. There seems to be a movement here to sort of shake people back into reality. Do you sense that? And, the, and, and, and do you sense that this injury, this significant injury, might really be making this clear to people that we're, we're, we're putting girls
1: in very dangerous situations? I think so. And I think it's because the community had, they, they shared a traumatic event together. Everyone was at this game. You could hear this ball knock into this poor girl's face. The team members looked like they were the going to up. Oh my god, the screams! Cool. I mean, just hearing it on video. So I think when you have an event like that happen, it's like you really can't deny the outcomes from a case like this. And even in in this, you know, since this has been decided in nineteen seventy nine, um, at, at the end of this case, you read that the judge says, "Well, we don't have enough facts." about the difference between men and women, which is amazing that he said that. Now he, we do. Right. And he said, however, <laughs> sure, the situation can change like if if we get more information. And I thought, well, I think we have more information now. so I think we do.
0: Yeah. Nicole, thank you so much. I know you'll keep tabs on this. I know IWF is very involved in this and will continue to be involved. So thanks for coming on and giving us this quick update. Thanks, Julie. The Bespoke Parenting Podcast, even the pop-ups with Julie Gunlock, is a production of the Independent Women's Forum. You can send comments and questions to me at julie.gunlock at iwf.org. Please help me out by hitting the subscribe button and leaving us a comment or review on Apple Apple Podcasts, Acast, Google Play, YouTube, or iwf.org. Hang in there, parents, and go bespoke.